Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCreary, your host, and today I'm being joined by Bill Craig, and Bill is the Senior Vice President of Publishing at LifeWay. So, Bill, thank you for being with us today. I'm glad to be here. I use Explore the Bible every week with my group at, at the Glade Church in uh, Mount Julia, Tennessee. So I love being able to, to uh, talk about Explore the Bible and the Bible study. That way you can go ahead and get prepared early for your group too, can't you? I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, we're looking at session three, uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 15 is the passage we'll be looking at. The title of the session is Joy Through Humility. And the main point is that believers find joy through humbly following Christ in all circumstances. Now, we've outlined these verses in three big points, and those points are in relationships, by example, and in lifestyle. First of all, in relationships, that's the verses one through four. In these verses, Paul called on the Philippian believers to bring him joy through humbly serving each other placing the interest of others over their own interest. He based his call on the unity found through the spirit that is expressed in a unifying purpose. The main point there is that humbling service should characterize all believers. In verses 5 through 11, we've entitled that by example. Paul points to Jesus as the example of humble service. Paul affirmed Jesus' deity and humanity. Jesus willingly took on a human body and died on a cross as an act of obedience. God exalted Jesus as a result of this humble and selfless act so that everyone and everything would recognize him as Lord, honoring the Father in the process. One thing I would point out here is that this is known as one of the Christ hymns in the New Testament. Uh, one of the early hymns used in the in the early church was these verses verses 5 through 11 and they would sing it uh, as a way to teach this this truth that Jesus was both divine and human uh, the main point here is that Jesus humbled himself by dying for our sins on the cross setting the standard of humble obedience the last point verses 12 through 15 is in lifestyle in these verses Paul encouraged his readers to continue to live out their faith as God worked to accomplish his will in and through them. By demonstrating godly character, they would become lights in a crooked and perverse world. The main point here is that God is honored by humble believers who display godly character. Verse 12, Bill, we have this idea of working out our salvation. Uh, it could be understood as earning salvation. How do we address that before it comes up in our groups? Yeah, I think that's a great question, uh, Dwayne. And I think it's a normal question for people to ask when they read through this passage of scripture. But it's important to look at these words and realize that the scripture says, work out your salvation, not work for your salvation. You know, another letter that Paul wrote about the same time that he wrote Philippians was Ephesians. And in Ephesians 2, he said really plainly, you're saved by grace through faith. But he also connected that with the work that we're to do in verse 10 of Ephesians uh, 2. He said, we're God's workmanship 
created by God for good work that he prepared ahead of time for us. So he saves us and he gifts us for good works. And that's what this means. We're to work out using the giftedness uh, that we have uh, with fear and trembling, that passage says. So with awe and respect for who God is, we've lost a lot of that in our culture, but I think it's important to have that in our mind uh, and to work out our salvation. You know, there's also a little bit of a wordplay going on here because verse 13 says, for it is God who is working in you. So it's God working in us both to provide the enabling of salvation. He enables us by being in us. And then he provides the motivation to work it out in a way that's pleasing to him. So that's what it really means to, to work out the salvation. Would it be safe to say that God works in us so that we can work it out of us? That's right. That's right. We're not working it out to get rid of it, but we're working it out to be effective in uh, using the gifts and skills that we have. To demonstrate it, that there's been a change, that Christ is living in us, that God's doing something in us, those type of things would, That's right. would be in that context. Okay. I actually think this is a, a place for a great question. And for each of these points we talk about, Dwayne, I've got a great question uh, that a, a group might want to discuss. It, it would be great to say, who's a believer that you know whose actions reflect that he or she is working out the salvation that God has worked in them. Who are they? What do they do that shows God at work in their life? That's an example of working out your salvation. In this passage, we see the, this idea that Jesus emptied himself. How much should we let that discussion dominate the group time? <laughs> yeah, I think that that question may not be uh, as it may not, it may not dominate as much as some people think it might, but it's certainly dominated theological discussion for centuries, for uh, millennia, right? So this is yeah. a really key question. What did Paul mean when he said Christ emptied himself? Well, I think it's closely connected to the verse before when he says he did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited or something to be grasped or something to be held on to. In other words, Jesus empties himself by laying aside his rights and prerogatives. He gives up his glory, but he doesn't give up who he is as God. The NIV and the ESV translate this as he made himself nothing. The KJV says he made himself of no reputation. The NLT is really helpful understanding what's meant here. He gave up his divine privileges. So he didn't give up his divine nature. He didn't pour out his divinity. He didn't give up being God. He gave up the rights that distinguished him as God. If you go on in verse 7, it says, you know, he assumed the form of a servant by taking on the likeness of humanity. So he didn't pour out his nature to take on his humanity. He added humanity to the nature that he already had as God. So he's fully God and fully human. And it's really important for people to grasp that Jesus is this fully God and fully human uh, person. Uh, I don't... The, the uh, image that came through my mind when you were explaining that, by the way, was undercover boss. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great, that's a great example of that. There's a great story in the uh, exalting Christ in Philippians uh, about a chieftain in an African village. A man falls down in a well and breaks his leg. He can't get out of the well. The only man in the village that's strong enough to go get him is the chief in the village. The chief has to take off his ceremonial headdress, his ceremonial robe to crawl down in the well to get the man out. But he's still the chief. He's just the strongest man in the village to get him out. Jesus lays aside his divine rights. Now, here's a great question especially given the cultural situation we've been in in the last year or two. Am I holding on to any rights that I think are important for me uh, that keep me from seeing the gospel spread? Or maybe I should put it in a positive way. What right am I willing to give up in order to see the gospel spread, to see someone else come to know Jesus? That's how this becomes important for us. That's what Paul was using this for in this, uh, in this letter to the Philippians. These people were trying to hold on to their rights as who they were. And Paul was saying, Jesus didn't hold on to his rights. He emptied himself of his rights and his privileges in order to become fully human and to become our sacrifice on the cross. It's another way of Paul saying, I'll become all things to all people so that I may win some. Yeah, that's a good, that is a good passage for that. We see this idea of humble living in this, in this whole passage in, in chapter 2, 1 through 15. How do we shine through humble living? So I think this is the perfect place to turn that into a question for the group. And this is where I would want to spend time with my group talking about this passage of scripture. How can we display real Christian through our lives? And I would just ask that question. How, how do people show Christian humility in their life? And uh, let people respond to that when the, when the class gets quiet. I would pull out a list of things that I've thought about, and I found a great list of these examples of humility, once again, in that same, in that same commentary, Exalting Christ in Philippians. The commentator there said, uh, in order for us to shine our, as people who are humble Christians, we have to grow in humility by reflecting the cross of Christ. We grow in humility by reflecting the glory of Christ. We grow in humility by reflecting on God's word. When we point to God's word as the source of wisdom, we're saying, I don't know it all by myself. I rely on God's word. That's a, a humble place. That's a humble place to be. We uh, grow in humility through prayer, and we grow in humility by serving others. All of these things are expressions that Paul talked about uh, as humility in the scripture in this passage. And I mentioned this earlier, but uh, that this is one of the hymns, the Christ hymns, verses 5 through 11 is one of those passages that are identified that way. Um, our, a pack item I would point out here is pack item 10, looks at hymns in the early church, has a lot of information about hymns, but the thing you would really want to focus on if you use this pack item will be the second paragraph on the right-hand column. I highlight that paragraph. It talks specifically about Philippians 2, 5 through 11, 
about how it was used in worship as liturgy in those days, how they would sing it, give you some background information uh, that brings this passage to light. You think about the the, the nature of hymns, the, the nature of singing, and how they are used uh, to teach doctrine, to teach key thoughts, key ideas. And you see that here in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. If this was one of those songs, which most scholars believe it was, how it reinforces key ideas about Christ, his humanity, uh, his deity, uh, him being equal, but being uh, but lowering himself to serve others, um, all those kinds of things that are important for us to know about who Jesus is. Uh, Bill, are there some other things, other key insights you would share about this passage before we wrap this up today? So the only other thing I would point to in my study every week when I'm getting ready to teach the focal passage, I, I always look at the context and I found a couple of places in the context this week that make this a really rich discussion. So that first question you asked me about, are we trying to work salvation or work for our salvation? is really answered right in this passage in chapter one. Paul answers that question about whether we're working out or working for our salvation. He says, just one thing as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Already saved, now we're living our life worthy of Christ. That's in the background. Another great background behind this is the humility of Epaphroditus. So Paul's a great pastor. He talks about the need to live humbly, and he shows Christ as an example of that. The two men this church knows really well, and Epaphroditus. These verses from verse 19 to verse 30 tell the story of how Timothy uh, has foregone his rights to serve the church, and Epaphroditus has almost died in order to serve the church. And that's the example that Paul used to, to get this point across with the Philippians. Before we go, let me remind everyone about Extra. We identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. The file is free, and it works with the group plans in the Adult Leader Guide and the Leader Helps in the Adult Daily Discipleship Guide. You can find these ideas on the Explore the Bible website by typing the following in your web browser. GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras. That's GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras. I want to thank you for listening to us today. Bill, thank you for being with us and sharing those insights about chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. Next week, we'll be looking at chapter 3, verses 8 through 21. Mike Livingston will be joining me, and I hope you'll join me again next week as we continue our study through the book of Philippians.